Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Alyssa, your host. Today I'm chatting with Melinda Jackson from Melinda Jackson Public Relations. Not sure what public relations is exactly, or why it is important. Join me as we chat about why it's important to have PR for your company, and we'll also chat about how since working for herself, it was the best decision she could have made for her health and her pocketbook. So, you know what I need you to do? That's right. Start listening. I'm joined by my amazing friend. I use amazing a lot lately. Um, Melissa Jackson, Melissa Jackson PR. And we're going to be talking about public relations. But Melinda, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I don't know why. I was just like, I'm from Irwin, North Carolina. It's like right first thing that popped in my head. Um, but I, I did grow up in Irwin. I don't currently live there now. I live in Raleigh. Um, but uh, born and raised in Harnett County. Went to Campbell University, and uh, now I work in PR and own my own company. Yeah. So tell us about your journey from owning your own company. I know you originally, your journey started out, what, in L.A., right? Yeah. You just yeah. With nothing. So yeah. Oh, my God. So it's something that I, like, always forget to talk about, and uh, I've just really started talking about more recently because I'm up on almost 11 years, but... Uh, so obviously grew up, uh, in Irwin, went to Campbell and, um, I originally wanted to be a high school history teacher cause I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And then I was a cheerleader at Campbell and there were a few girls that were communications majors. So that sounded cool to me cause I had wanted to go to film school when I was in high school. So I was like, well, communications is close to film. So changed my major somehow figured out what PR was. This was around the time that the Hills came out on MTV and all those girls worked in fashion PR. And I was, um, I'm a year younger than most of the cast. So I was like, whoa, that's something that I could do. Like, that's really cool. And so I just kept saying, I'm going to move to LA after I graduate. I'm going to move to LA. And so um, it came time to graduate and I didn't have all my classes in to, to graduate. So I had to stay an extra semester crammed them in to summer school, crammed them into uh, the fall semester. And December came and I lacked one credit. And I'm like, we got to work it out because I'm moving. Uh, I'm, I've, I had already waited an extra semester. We're doing this. So my parents told me not to move. I wanted to do it anyway. So I um, packed up my whole car, I have a Ford Escape at the time. I still do, but a different one. Packed up my car with everything I could to the point where I like went in my mom's laundry room and just filled up a Ziploc bag with laundry detergent because I didn't know if I was going to have any money. Uh, the day after Christmas, had gift cards, one paycheck. Literally, I had $500. Um, and I drove across country and moved to LA. I had found someone that I... Um, could share a room with at the time. I didn't think it was weird because I was just out of college, but now as an adult at 33, I think that's weird. <laughs> um, but I didn't have a bed. Um, I slept on the floor. She charged me $500 a month for rent, which it, I ended up later finding out that covered her rent, but that's another story for another day. Um, and I just hustled. I didn't have a job. I hit the ground running. I did three internships at once. I was a tray passer. I worked at a restaurant as a hostess. I coached cheerleading at a high school in the Valley. I did everything I could just to earn money to survive. I was doing temp jobs and things like that. Um, and just like 
getting as much experience as I could. Um, and then about a year in, almost a year in, I finally got a full-time job. Um, and I stayed at that job for about almost six years. It was a little over five years I stayed there. Um, but it was awesome. I, my specialty was music PR. Of course, I got to do all kinds of other things. Uh, a lot of red carpets. I pretty much did at least one red carpet a week. Um, be it through my firm, other firms that I helped out with, because I had a lot of friends that were at a different firm. So I would volunteer or just do side stuff. Um, but I gained a lot of experience. Um, and then I finally decided that it was time to move on and go to a different firm. So I finally got a job at my dream firm. It wasn't my dream position, but it was an in at the firm. And it ended up being the worst six months of my life. <laughs> just, it was horrible. And I can say that now because I've later found out that my superior is no longer with the company. Um, but it just wasn't a good fit. And it was, I think she had some stuff uh, going on in her life and I did too. And it just wasn't, it was not a good fit. And so it was a mutual decision between me and the company that I would leave. Um, they were very supportive. They were great. They kept me on the insurance for the month and they were, they were really great. But um I pretty much decided at that moment that I was moving back to North Carolina. So that was August 1st, four years ago and moved back to North Carolina um, Labor Day weekend four years ago and started a job at an advertising agency um, who I met you through where I was a PR and social media um, coordinator, director, whatever kind of title you want to say. Um, and then uh, about two years in, I, I really realized like there's so much more that I can do on my own. So here we are. And that was a very long winded story. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You actually tell her you hit a lot of spots because honestly, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's where I met you is that the PR firm is mm -hmm. at a trip to Fayetteville when you had the Raleigh bloggers come down. That's when I officially met you face to face. I mean, yeah. I call you and we kind of, you know, like we're in groups together, but not face to face. So that was pretty awesome. But tell me, what is your journey? I know you were talking a lot of, and a lot of people that follow you know that a lot of the environments that you're working in were toxic. Yeah, yeah. So, and and that's that's not necessarily unheard of in advertising, marketing, um, any kind of agency life, even in in tech companies, big companies like that. It's high stakes, high energy a lot of stress and it can turn toxic very easily. Um, and so I've had, um, you know, I've, I've had a, a lot of weird things happen and I've realized that I pretty much burned out twice. Like I, my body shut down twice. I'm, I'm already an anxious person. I've already, I've had anxiety since I was in elementary school. I've suffered from depression. Um, so that's already just in me. My, my chemicals are not balanced. And then when I get into those situations like that, it's very hard for me to process. So, you know, when I kind of decided I needed to leave LA and, and leave these, these huge firms that I was at, um, I was working, I was going into the office seven o'clock in the morning, leaving at eight, nine, 10 at night. I was the last person in the whole building. And I worked in a massive complex and like security was kicking me out at night um, and saying like, if you don't leave now, you're going to get locked in here and then going home and working for more hours. And then that turns into not sleeping and that turns into not eating. And then you're making the mistakes and you're getting in trouble because your brain physically does not have the capacity to process anything that's going on. So at the time I didn't realize what I needed to be doing but now I do have those tools after going through the exact same thing twice. Mm -hmm. um, I have the tools. So if that comes up again, I know how to get out of it. I know how to be aware, but um, it's hard. It's, it's really hard, especially when you feel like you have to prove something and um, are just trying your best to, to make a name for yourself. Yeah, that's true. And so do you think now, you know, like if you ever have a, huge enough PR firm where you have actual employee employees, you know, that you have to pay a paycheck. Do you think that's going to, you're going to be able to um, resonate and transfer some of your experiences so that your employees don't experience the same things that you went through? 
Yeah, I, I really hope so. And that's something I think about all the time um, because I know I have a big personality and I know that, you know, I can be a leader, but I also need to check myself and make sure everyone else is OK. Um, throughout my journey as an entrepreneur, I've had a lot of interns um, along the way and I, I'm probably way too lax on them and I'm way too easygoing on it. Um, but I always, you know, all of my interns, I pay, I pay $10 an hour and I do that because I didn't get paid anything for my internships and I had a college degree and I was working full time at some of them, you know? And so I just really want to treat people how I wasn't treated, but like in a better way. Um, so I hope, I hope that I'll be able to, um, you know, give my future employees a really great positive environment. And I think I will. But then I also hope that I have them checking me and coming to me and saying, hey, you're not you're not doing this correctly. Like you're this is how I feel. I, I really want to have like an open and honest, you know, conversation with my future employees. But I hope I hope. <laughs> Do you think that you will have like mental health days or mental health? Retreats? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. That? Yeah. And um, like, I'm, you know, that I'm big on that, but um, and people that don't follow me may not know that. But um, I am so big on that kind of stuff. I'm so big on being open and honest and, and having a therapist. You know, I've worked places where I said I have to go to therapy today. And they're like, what? Why? I've worked places where they told me I wasn't really depressed um, or they said, do you have a doctor's note for that? And I'm like, you can't ask me that. That's illegal. You know, you can't allowed to do that or are you really on medication you know things like that but um I, I definitely encourage anybody if you're feeling anything like that to find somebody to talk to and i would encourage my future employees to do that and um i i think now the world kind of kind of realizes we all have to work from home and things like that but that is something that i want to um instill in my employees one day because I know you don't have to be in the office and I know me, I can work for three hours and get everything done for the day. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sitting there wasting time. Like that's stupid when I could be doing so much other stuff. So I definitely, I think I'm going to be a very lax boss on people, but still hold them to very high standards. Um, and then do a lot of woo woo meditations and all that fun stuff. Now we've heard all these awful things about COVID, but you've actually kind of, flourished during COVID. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I wrote a blog post about it the other day and I felt weird doing it. Um, but I just kind of felt like I needed to because um, during COVID, I lost a lot of my clients. I lost pretty much all of my clients that I had prior. So I don't have any of my clients right now that I had in February. It's all new across the board. And I have 10 clients right now. So it's a lot. Um, but um, I just feel that I kind of jumped on it very quickly and saw people that needed that extra help, that needed help pivoting. And so I was there to say, okay, well, let's, let's figure out a way to make you a thought leader right now. Let's figure out things you can talk to and we're going to pitch it. And since so many people were scared and didn't know what was going on, all these news outlets wanted people to talk about things. And and even some of my clients that have nothing to do with COVID, they were getting opportunities because the media didn't want to talk about COVID anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was able to thrive during that time because I was getting my clients things. Um, and I was just seeing the opportunities and picking up on on that stuff and um, and really helping people pivot. So I was I'm very fortunate in that, very lucky. But I also worked really hard and I recognized like, okay, all my clients are dropping me because they don't have the budget. You know, I'm, I'm an extra expense. I'm not a necessity. I got to figure out something. And thankfully, you know, people came to me that recognized that they needed a little help. Um, people were referred to me, which was amazing. And I'm always so thankful for that. And then I hopped on things like Fiverr and Fiverr. If, do you know what Fiverr is? Some people don't. Yeah. Okay. So in case, yeah, in case people don't know, like if you need a um, graphic designer, you can hop on Fiverr and see all these different graphic designers and just get somebody to do this project for you. So I, somebody in one of my Facebook groups was a representative for Fiverr Pro. I was one of the first publicists on Fiverr Pro, which they really vetted me. They made me send in all this 
verification stuff, but I hopped on Fiverr and I'm writing press releases for people for three, four or $500 stuff. I don't know anything about, but they give me the information. I know how to write a press release. I do it. I knock it out. I make a media list for them or help them do whatever. And that took me an hour, but I made $500. So that really supplemented for me and made it so I didn't have to necessarily, um, you know, apply for the PPP loan or small business loans or any of that kind of or unemployment or anything, which for me, it's hard anyway, because I own my own business. So there's so much red tape and they don't have employees. So um, I'm very thankful that uh, I've been able to grow my business during this time. Um, literally my income and my client list have doubled and I'm so thankful, so blessed, but I also realized that I've worked really hard and um, I, I didn't settle during this time at all. I didn't just sit back and wait for, you know, me to get a PPP loan or whatever else. Yeah. I think a lot of people think COVID has changed them and they've only started thinking about how, what, what's the worst thing that could happen instead mm -hmm. of, Hey, this is the time for me to, reevaluate because actually chats from the blog cabin came out during COVID. I mean, yep. I in a challenge and I just started it and I just loved it so much. And I was like, there's a need for this. Yeah. And, and you've been able to, um, I mean, you created a new Avenue for your blog, but also you've been able to just bring so many people on and create a platform for other people. So that's so great. And that's so needed. And, and those are the kinds of COVID success stories. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate because there are people that are just like, I'm just going to wait until things open back up. But you can't you can't do that. And um, I do know that that's why I've been successful, because I'm like, let's figure it out. And I think that that kind of shows like just my skill set in general as a publicist, because you're not going to be a good publicist unless you are that agile. And you're like, OK, let's figure it out. Let's get ready. Let's do something else because things change all the time. I would have never thought to advertise services on Fiverr, though, especially for yeah. publicists. I would have never thought about that. Yeah. Hey, Linda. Linda's on here. She's my name yeah. twin almost. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about why people need PR. Why do they need public relations? Okay. Well, first, I'll say what PR actually is because no one ever knows what it is. Mm -hmm. So PR at its essence, what I say, it's outward facing. It's organic and outward facing. So you have advertising, you have marketing that's very planned, that's very strategic. That's a billboard. That's an ad in, in you know, hard copy newspaper, whatever. It's a brochure. PR is that organic mention in a magazine or article or uh influencer relations, getting somebody to talk about your product, your brand or whatever. That's PR. So essentially what I do all day for my clients is I identify media and opportunities that would be good for them. Um, and sometimes it's not necessarily media opportunities or influencer relations. It's community relations and things like that. Any of that outward facing stuff, I'm sitting there all day and I'm like, okay, this is what my client does. Here's three publications that I can go out to and here's what I can go to them for. And here's an organization that would be great if they aligned with, and let's figure out some kind of cross promotion. Here's an influencer that they could collaborate with and cross promote things. So that's literally what I do all day, every day. Um, I also say I get paid to get rejected for other people every day because it happens a lot. But um, the original question was why do people need PR? Um, it's really just to get your message out there truly um, and, and to help people see like what you really are. And you'll, you'll recognize you think that people know what your business is, but half the time they don't. So that's what I'm here to do. So kind of just recognize their, their strengths and their weaknesses as well. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So before we head on to another question, I need to do a quick commercial. We talked about this earlier. Yay. Here's the quick commercial. Hey y'all, welcome to Summer Sunflower Fields at Odom Farming Company. We'd love for you to come visit with us. We're open Tuesday through Thursday and Sunday from four to eight and Friday and Saturday from four to nine. $5 admission includes a visit with the pasture gang, the playground, the beautiful fields, and three flowers to carry home. So come see us at 1426 Claridge Nursery Road, Goldsboro. Check out our website, odomfarmingcompany.com, or follow us on social media. We sure hope to see you soon.
and this is the sunflowers until the fall. So uh, yeah, yeah, go get those sunflowers, get those pictures. Yeah. So now people, let's say for instance, let's just say I'm just gonna use myself for instance. Mm -hmm. What does it say if I wanted to hire you? What is the budget? Do you do by project based? Do you do it monthly? Do you do yearly? What? Yeah, PR. Yeah, PR is a monthly retainer. Uh, I'm not going to say how much it is because it's scary. But PR is a monthly <laughs> PR is a monthly retainer generally, um, and I sign people for a three month contract because I feel that, and pretty much every publicist says this across the board. Um, you aren't really going to see a ton of movement until three months in. So the first month is really getting everything together, um, getting those media pickups, a few small media pickups. Second month, it builds. Third month, you're really starting to see stuff, especially things that you pitched or coordinated the first month, um, especially because magazines have a three-month lead time a lot of the times, which now print is pretty much dead, so it's different. But still, you have you have that three month lead time. So um, I do three month contract. Then we figure it out from there at the three months. We figure out, OK, do we need to up the budget? Are there other things we need to focus on? What's the game plan from here? And then we kind of go from there. Um, I do do project based things because some people just don't need three months. Um, say it's a store opening. It's a brand launch, something like that. Um, they don't have a ton of budget but they do have some that they can spend towards it. Um, I do do just project specific as well. So just give us some ideas of some of the clients that you've worked with, some of your clients. Yeah. Your current clients right now. Give them some. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally have a huge, behind my computer, I have a big whiteboard and I have all my clients and all the things. So um, one of my amazing clients is Cole Baker Bagwell. She owns Cool Audrey and Cool Audrey is a consultancy that basically Cole goes into huge tech firms, banks, things like that. And she works with their staff and tries to figure out how they can incorporate more mindfulness and kindness into their culture. And it's really amazing. It's really transformational. You know, I'm all about that kind of stuff. And it's really great because um, she kind of distills it down and shows them how, you know, just doing these mindfulness breaks and focusing on kindness and things like this, things like that help them increase their sales. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because she does have a sales and tech background, so she gets it. She's she's yeah. been in their shoes. Um, I also have an amazing company. It's uh, two teen boys out of Raleigh. They launched a mask company called Copper Safe Masks. And they launched it in April. By um, July, they, well, by May, they had completely sold out and were on a waiting list. And then by July, they were able to donate $25,000 to WakeMed, which was really amazing. Um, and now they just launched last weekend um, red tractor masks, which are bamboo masks. They're um very similar to the copper safe mask. It's just different material um, and they go around your neck. So it's great for kids because you can just pull them up um, and they're also in kids sizes. So it's not pulling on their ears and kids can just kind of wear it. And they, you know, as they go into school or go into the store or whatever, they can pull them up. Um, and these, these teens, they're like killing it. They're, they're sourcing the masks to all these different companies and schools and organizations. Um, we're doing a huge collaboration with wake med. They just handed out, um, 250 masks at the um, state uh, farmer's market this weekend. They're just killing it. They're amazing. They're going to take over the world, these these boys, but it's really cool to see. Um, and then I have Mir Garvey, who is a resume and job search expert. She's like so cool and has such great insight for people. And that's so needed right now as people aren't um, they're out of work and they're looking for jobs and things like that. Um, who else do I have? I have a couple of bands, which um, you know this, but other people may not know. Uh, I, I said it earlier. Uh, music PR. I think I said it earlier. Music PR is like my favorite thing to do. Um, I did it in LA for a very long time. I have a Grammy. It's very exciting. It's over there under my coffee table that I don't have framed yet. I haven't framed it for seven years. Um, but I love music and um, a, 
couple of bands out of Tennessee. There's a, a new guy, Jordan, out of St. Louis I'm about to start working with. So you guys can find that all at my um, Instagram. I'll be posting those at my Melinda Jackson PR Instagram. But doing a lot, doing a lot, working hard, hardly working, you know, and all that stuff. So tell us a typical day for someone in public relations. Um, well, right now it's different, <laughs> but um, generally uh, any publicist I know is probably waking up at like six o'clock in the morning, automatically checking their emails. Um, I get up, I like to do meditation before I start working and I do I get my journaling in, I get uh, any of my like woo woo spiritual work in, um, I have a manifestation journal I write in and write out all the things I'm trying to call in and, and manifest, which right now is a Range Rover. I'm very excited about that goal. Um, but, um, yeah, so general day in PR starts at nine o'clock. It's really just emailing, going through your to-do list of who you're pitching that day. Um, it's a lot of writing, writing out pitches, um, for your clients, talking to your clients, giving them updates, researching journalists um, that you can be working with, new journalists, especially right now, it's really hard because so many people have been laid off. So um, I'd say like 20% of the people I'm reaching out to, are, I'm getting um, either vacation messages or they don't work here anymore messages. So just really having to go back and say, okay, well, who actually does work there and who's covering this right now? Um, that takes a lot of time. Um, and just a lot of chatting with your clients, honestly, to figure out what they're doing. Is what they're doing media worthy right now? Is there something else you could be pitching? Um, a lot of creativity for sure as well. But yeah, I mean, it's it's I'm pretty much glued to my computer um, at all times during the day. Either computer or iPhone. Like yes, yes. And so thankfully my clients know I go on granny walks every day. And so they'll call me and it'll be like 10 o'clock. I normally, since I get up so early, I'll do a bunch of emails and then 10 or 11 o'clock I go and do some kind of a workout. Um, even if it's just walking at the park and then I come back and, and finish working. But my clients know if they call me during like 10, 11, I'm going to be on my granny walk. I'll answer, but I'm just going to be huffing and puffing and I may have to mute them at some points or mute myself at some points, but but that's all about mindfulness and mental health. Yeah, exactly. And and everybody's good about it. Like they get it, especially right now. And I think um, it's been really hard for me as an entrepreneur to figure out I don't have to be glued to my desk from nine to six every day um, because PR hours are normally sit until six. And when I worked in Los Angeles, it was great that I got up at six o'clock in the morning because New York was just starting. So I was already getting emails and all that stuff, but, um, it's taken me two years to figure out, Oh, I can get all my work done in three hours sometimes. And it's okay if I don't look at my computer anymore because I have my phone. And if somebody needs me, they'll call me, they'll email me, they'll text me. I'm still on, even though I'm not sitting at a desk. Yeah. So that must've been a hard transition. So tell us about the transition from working for someone else to working for yourself and basically having to be accountable to yourself for everything. Like if something breaks, you've got to replace it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was kind of easier for me, honestly, um, because I think, um, and I've kind of found this across the board. A lot of the times you're answering to people who aren't talking to the clients every day. They just sign the clients and they maybe never had anything to do with them ever again, but they're talking to you every day. Your, your bosses are talking to you saying, hey, we should do this on that client. And I'm the one talking to the client all day saying, nope, that's not how this works. That's not what they need. I'm telling you, you've got to trust me on that. Like, we can't do that. So I don't have to be the middle person anymore. I am just the person. So that's been really great for me. Um, a lot of to-do lists, a lot of notebooks. I have like four notebooks that I keep. Like I said, I have my whiteboard so I can remember, okay, here's all the clients. Here's all the things. Here's what I need to follow up with. Um, I've had to be super organized because I don't have those weekly team meetings anymore or daily team meetings anymore. It's just me. And sometimes when I have an intern, I'm like, can you just get on the phone with me so I can just go through all this? I know you don't know what any of this is, but just listen to me talk for like an hour. Um, so that's helped. But I think now two years in, I'm, I'm in a pretty good group, but at the beginning it was hard 
And like I said, I kind of felt guilty for not being at my desk or like going to the grocery store in the middle of the day or having an appointment. I kind of felt guilty about that. And now I'm like, it's nobody cares. As long as I'm getting it done, nobody cares. That's so true. Now, did you feel like a loss of security maybe when you decided to step out on your own because you were like, it's like all of a sudden you were just like on your own. Yeah. What if nobody hires me? What if, you know, this what if questions? Um, no, because I'm a psycho person. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm the person that moved to LA with no money and was like, it's fine. It'll work. Um, and that's not me. I'm not a fly by the seat of my pants person whatsoever. I'm very calculated. I, I like to plan and all that stuff. And if I am fly by the seat of my pants, I, I am because I know that it's going to be okay. Um, I think this is where like my intuition really kicked in and I'm like, nope, it's going to happen. I, I physically can't work for anybody else any longer. My body was shutting down. I knew it. Um, and again, that's, that's intuition. That's God. That's the universe. Whoever telling you like something's wrong. You gotta, you gotta step out. And at that point I had hit my almost 10 years in PR and I'd always said, Oh, when I'm 10 years in PR, I want to have my own firm. So it was literally that manifested. But, um, yeah, it's wait, what were we saying? Anyway, what was your question? <laughs> Stepping out. Yeah. Okay. More you scared. When you oh, yeah. Out. No. Yeah. Okay. No, because I knew what needed to happen. No, because I, I realized I had been calling this in and it's exactly what needed to happen. And I knew that I would be a bigger benefit for my clients. Um, if I did that, uh, I did have one to two freelance, very small freelance clients before I ever left. My firm knew that. Um, it was nothing that was a direct competition and it wasn't enough money for them to even bat an eye at because it, it just wasn't anything. Um, so I did have that. Um, and I did still work with my company for a little bit. Um, so I freelanced with them. So that helped me transition. Um, but yeah, bold moves by a bold woman. That's me. Um, but yeah, I just knew it. I just knew I had to do it. And and like when COVID happened, I wasn't afraid. I'm like, no, it's fine. Whatever. Because I know that there are things or resources, whatever. If I have to be homeless tomorrow, like I can go stay with my mom. If there, if I have to be homeless, I can go stay with a friend or something like that. Like I just know I'm going to be taken care of because I'm doing the right thing, which I realize is not what anybody else would say, <laughs> but it's, it's, truly like having faith in yourself and the universe and God that you're going to be taken care of. And for you to actually go through all, like you said, all the anxiety that you had working for someone else and now working for yourself, you don't have that anxiety. Oh no. Like I, I was thinking about this the other day. I have not had a panic attack in over a year. I haven't woken up freaking out about anything. Um, the last couple months I was, in my previous position, um, I had to get on depression medication for the first time in my life because I'm like, I can't, I physically can't function. Um, and so it was, I was in a very bad place and, um, I got this, like I got off of that. I, we, we, uh, when my doctor, I, we weaned myself off of it a couple months after I had started my company just to make sure I was still good. And I haven't been on anything in over a year and I haven't needed it. And I know that I have the tools that if anxiety starts creeping in, depression, whatever, I know what to do, be it holistic things that work for me or just, you know, stopping, breathing, making a list, talking to someone, calling my therapist, whoever. Now, let's talk about transitioning from like work from home. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep it work and home separate in the cutoff? That's yeah. It's hard. It's so hard. And like, I mean, you have like your blog cabin, so you can go out there. I don't have that. I just got a desk. I, I've been in this barman four years. I just got a desk because I was like, I can't keep doing this. Um, for a while, I was just like working in my bed and, you know, sleeping till whatever and doing whatever I wanted. And I think I needed that when I first started because my body just my adrenal system was freaking out and I just needed that. Um, but then I started working at my table and then I realized I can't do this because my computer is always here. And then I sit and I eat in front of my computer or I eat at my couch and, 
And then if I'm on my couch on my laptop, I'm also watching TV and it was just too much stuff. So um, that's that's been hard. Um, and for a while, I would when the world was open, um, I would go and just like sit at a coffee shop and work or I have friends that have spaces that we work and go work there or just wherever I could go work to get out of my house. My apartment has a business center that's really great. I can go work out of. Um, but now um, I don't move my laptop from my desk unless I'm just like on the couch and I need to like look up something that's not work related. Um, but I keep my laptop at my desk. I don't open it on the weekends unless I have to. Um, on the weekend, I will maybe write like my to-do list for the week just to kind of keep myself organized. But otherwise, I don't, I try not to do any of it. Um, and I think I'm, I'm definitely getting better about that for sure. So how important is it for you to make lists of things that you have to do? Oh, I have, I have to do it. Like I said, I have like three notebooks. Like I have, I have one notebook here. There's another one in my drawer. I have my whiteboard. I have to do it and just tick it off or else I'm going to forget everything, especially because I have so many clients and they all have different needs and they all started at different times. And like, I won't invoice anybody if I don't write it on, if I don't write it in my calendar, because then I'll just like realize I don't have any money. I'm like, oh, I haven't even sent anybody an invoice. Like, what is this? So I have to write everything down. So um, with handling all those clients, how do you handle How do you keep them straight? Um, well, they're all different. So that's good. Um, there's not really any overlap. And even like the music clients, there's not really any overlap. And they all are doing different things at different times. So that's good. Um, and then there are some clients that I can kind of piggyback. So I'll pitch one client and I secure them that interview. And I'm like, hey, thanks for that. Do you also want this client? Um, so that definitely helps. But sometimes it's hard. But Again, keeping lists really help. And my like I'm a zero inbox person. Uh, I have three messages in my inbox right now. So everything else is in folders. So being as organized as possible really does help me keep everybody straight because otherwise it would be a mess, a complete mess. So let's talk about, you said you have 10 clients, currently, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Yeah. So do you set a certain time for each client? Like you work an hour a day on this client or do you just kind of together or yeah so realistically i try to spend one hour a day on on each client um that's kind of how i justify um my like fees and things like that and i i don't really track my hours with them but i kind of break it down of like hey this is how much it would cost if i only spent one hour on you a day so it's five hours on you a week you know that kind of thing um so that helps them keep track of everything but it's also one of those things where it's emails. So an email doesn't take me an hour. Mm -hmm. And so I can do so many different things at once, but I do try to make sure I'm at least pitching or following up or researching for each of my clients all day or every single day. So you don't set a certain amount of time to say, okay, this hour I'm focusing on such and such client next hour. I'll focus on such and such client. Not necessarily. Sometimes I need to some like if I need to, I will, but not like every day. Um, I kind of have it in. I make sure like on my to do list every day, I write out each of my clients names and I write what my to do list, my to do for that client is every day. And that's kind of my barometer. Um, but again, like I said, it's if I sat there, some sometimes they don't need an hour's worth of things just truly. And so it's one of those things where I'm like, OK. I'm just going to sit here and stare at my computer and be like, time's up, you know? So um, there's just like so much that, can get, that I can get done so quickly all at once. Yeah. So basically it's basically as a need basis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, but again, like I said, in theory, yes, I'm spending an hour per client each day, but I'm not necessarily timing it. Um, but I am, each client is getting some kind of love that day, some kind of attention. It just depends on which project is bigger and mm -hmm. uh, taking your, yeah. which one's the most prominent in the thing and the most yeah. timely that you have to get out. Yeah. Cause some clients like I could, one client may need a press release that day and it may take me an hour to write that. But then another client, um, I just have to follow up with somebody. 
So that's not going to take the same amount of time, but I could follow up and immediately secure that interview and get it done in 10 minutes, you know, all like scheduled and everything in 10 minutes. So that's not a full hour that it's necessarily going to take me, but it's still a super beneficial uh-huh. as if I spent an hour on it. Now let's say somebody hired you to do like a grand opening or something like that. How many mm-hmm. hours normally go into that? Oh God. Um, it depends, but I think I've kind of, I think I figured out that it's probably about five to 10 hours, just depending. Um, cause that's going to take writing a press release, making sure it's on all the calendars, um, making sure I get the press release or the announcement or whatever out to everybody that needs it. Then, do I have to invite people if I do? Okay, well, we got to write an invite. I got to email everybody. I got to coordinate the RSVPs. I got to make sure that there's going to be media at it. Um, so it's just a couple of different things. But yeah, some anywhere from five to 10 hours. But again, my five hours are going to be different than somebody else's because of my experience and my contacts and all that stuff. So have you ever had one where you had to coordinate like a party that goes through the opening? like catering and things like that. Oh, I used to have that a lot in LA, not as much here now, but like I, God, we used to produce so many events in LA, like big celebrity events. We had a charity that we did PR for and um, like Mel Gibson and Gene Simmons were the two main celebrity like faces for the charity. Both amazing guys, really great. Been to both their houses. Nice dudes. Um, but like with that, we were, we were like coordinating the red carpet and all the media for it. And the charity, they would, they had some, some party planning, but like things, but we would be there to supplement. So I've had to do all that. And then there's some clients that I've had where we had to do literally everything from the ground up. So it's like, okay, got to find a, um, a photo booth person, got to find a caterer. Okay. Who's a bartender? How's that all going to work? Do we have a liquor license? You know? all that stuff. I don't like doing that kind of thing. I, or like there's some of the logistics I don't want to deal with. Um, but I don't mind getting a photo booth, but when it comes down to like pulling permits and stuff, somebody else can do that. That's not my wheelhouse. It's like intern. I know. I'm like, you know, can you just like call the city and like figure this out and like do a thing? That's so funny. So tell me why should people hire now? Why should they hire you, especially? Oh, well, one, I'm the best. And I'm not a very confident person, but I will tell you I am I am one of the best. Um, and that's because I work hard and I'm creative. And I think my work speaks for itself. Um, and I just care about people. I'm a, I'm a client first person. Um, and I see myself as an extension of their team. And, uh, you know, if you're winning, I'm winning. So why, why am I not going to try my hardest to you know, get you all the exposure that I can get you. So that's a huge thing. Um, and I'm fun. (laughs) Yeah, I'm fun. Um, but no, I think every, first off, everyone doesn't need PR. I think a lot of people think that they need PR, but everyone doesn't. Um, but I think that, you know, if there's, a company client, I don't know why I said client, a company person, band, whatever, um, or brand that they really feel like their message isn't getting out there and that they could benefit from it. And they do have something that's newsworthy and that people really would connect with. I think that's when they need PR. Now, what would you say about being a woman in PR and being a woman self-owned PR? Um, well, PR is a pretty female dominated industry, thankfully already. Um, I think like corporate PR is kind of like male centric, but in entertainment PR, I didn't know, I hardly knew any guys that were in it. There were a couple of guys, but it was mostly all women. Um, All the firms I worked at were, my departments were always all women. Um, But like especially you're trying to work in the music industry and you're sitting there with these record executives and they just see you as some little girl with a Southern accent, you know, you gotta, you gotta show them, you know, your stuff. Um, so that, that was kind of hard, but I think it's like that across the board too. Um, no matter what industry you're in. Um, but some of that is changing, thankfully. Um, owning my own business. I think people don't necessarily take me as seriously. Um, and, uh, 
at two, sometimes I think my personality does kind of hurt me because I am so crazy and fun and like loud and stuff. Um, cause I'll, I'll go to like PR conferences or business conferences where I'm a speaker and people are like, what, who is this girl? And I'm like, look, here's everything. Here's what you're doing wrong. So that, that can be kind of polarizing sometimes, but, um, I think it helps in the long run, but people have been really supportive of me and just really great. Um, I have, I feel like I haven't faced a ton of adversity, um, in these two years. So I'm very thankful for that. But, um, I think being in entertainment, as long as I did kind of gave me thick skin about some of that stuff. So do you think going to LA made you a better publicist? Now that you're Absolutely. Here? Absolutely. Um, and it's funny because when I moved back, like I couldn't get anybody to give me a call back when I was trying to get a job. Like literally the only firm that called me back is the firm that I worked at, which is crazy because I worked at a big firm in L.A. and all this stuff. But um, completely, completely different landscapes. Um, you know, that's very entertainment centric. And um, through entertainment, I got to work with a lot of brands and all kinds of I had all kinds of clients in Raleigh in North Carolina, it's way more corporate. And so those people are way more serious. It's very, everything is a press release. Well, I hate writing a press release. I, I don't want to send a press release out until, unless I have to, if it's super corporate, sure. I'll send it out. But like first for Joe blow, like I don't want to do that. So it's very, it's very different. But, um, I think that my time in LA made me really creative and, and helped me figure out, okay, let's pivot. Let's how, how can we be quick on our feet and, and um, just figure out the best things for our clients instead of living and dying by a press release. Like so many of these people do. Is there anything that you're looking back, you regret that you didn't either do sooner or that you regret you didn't do? Oh, good question. Um, I regret that I um, didn't try to grow my career more when I was in LA. Um, I had a lot of opportunities, but, um, the loyalty was a big thing for me. And, you know, I had my parents telling me, no, it's fine where you're at. Like, just stay there. Um, cause their generation, you know, my dad worked at the same company his entire life and retired there. So, you know, I had that in my ear and then tell me, Oh, they'll give you a raise if they want to. When I realize like, oh no, the company actually didn't have money. Like I should have left and I should have taken jobs at these record companies that were like, Hey, Melinda, we'd love to have you on our team. Um, I truly believe I could be like a VP at some huge firm or record label right now in PR. Um, had I done that, but I just didn't know any better. Um, but you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm very glad to be where I am and I'm glad that I can be helping so many different people right now. And, um, hindsight's 2020. So what's next for Melinda Jackson PR? Um, hopefully keeping on growing the client base. Um, and I, I really want to um, transition more into music. Like I, I still, I still love the clients that I have that aren't music, but it, that is um, an avenue that I really want to try to focus more on. Um, obviously grow my team when I can. I would love to have um, an assistant just to kind of help with pitching and, and some other things and just have somebody that I can mentor and, and teach all the things that I had to teach myself. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But I like at some point I would love to be back coastal and um, have an LA presence again as well. So are you calling it out how many years? Like, oh, how, how many years until LA? Yeah. Until I think LA. at least like, one to two. I think I could do it. Um, but one to two, uh, I do miss LA. I don't think, I don't know if I would live there full time, but it is something where, um, I've kind of always said I would love to be in both places. Um, cause North Carolina is obviously home. Um, and I do love my clients and I think I'm, I'm doing a lot of great work for a lot of great people, but, um, I do kind of miss being a part of something bigger for sure. And like, if even just selfishly, just knowing celeb gossip before it hits um, a, a blog or whatever. I love that. I love like reading these blind items. I'm like, oh, I know that's not true. I know who he's dating or whatever. Um, so yeah, but that's definitely the goal. Be by coastal. 
Um, I would love to at some point just be able to go and like spend a month in London and just like work in London. And, and, um, and I have the ability to do that because all I need is my computer. So. Wow. That's, I love that. Have laptop. We'll go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, why not? I'm seeing a lot. I have kids like who cares, you know? So tell me before we wrap it up, tell me one thing unusual about yourself. Oh my God. There's so much. <laughs> I feel like, Oh, I'm like this normal person. And then I'll tell my friends stuff and they're like, what? Um, what's an unusual thing? I don't know. What do you think is an unusual thing? Uh, you know know <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Um, oh my God. Well, like I'm left-handed. That's not unusual. That's just the thing. Um, I don't know. This is hard because I feel like I'm such an open book. I just like tell everybody all my stuff anyway. Um, but I am. Or maybe like one unusual story in your PR career. Oh God. Oh, I have so many. Because I know um, you were stories the other day on Instagram. I don't know if it was your private Instagram or your. Um, it's probably my private. But what what was I saying? You were asking people just to throw out. Oh, to ask me about stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh God. Like I have so many weird celeb stories, and my whole thing was like I. I never cared about like the huge, huge celebrities. I cared about the people that were on like two episodes of Friday Night Lights. And then I would see them like, oh my God, it's another person. And my friends are like, who, what is this thing? Um, but yeah, for a long time, I was really good about like meeting a celebrity and getting them to follow me on Twitter. I'm, I like am really good about that somehow that like celebrities and famous people or famous people adjacent think I'm cool on the internet. And so they follow me. So that's fun. That's not like a weird thing. Um, but God, I have so many just weird LA stories that I need to write a book about. I need to find my journals and just read them because it was always something, always something. I'm trying to think. Oh, go ahead. I will say you do travel a lot to see certain band members. Oh, like, Harry Styles or Foo Fighters? <laughs> Harry Styles and what you saw Liam Payne too? Was it Liam? Did I say no? I saw Nile. I saw Nile. So my friend, okay, I didn't know who One Direction was like a year ago. I, I mean, I knew that they were a thing, but like I went back and looked at my tweets and I'm like making fun of them or whatever. And then randomly last summer, I was on a flight back from New Orleans and I thought, I feel like I remember that Harry Styles guy album being good like a year ago. I looked it up. It came out two years ago. And then I started listening to it. I'm like, wait, I love him. So it's so funny because like it was just a joke that like, oh, I love him, you know, because One Direction fans, whatever. I'm like, oh, I love Harry Styles. Um, and go to visit my friend Lindsay, who you've met um, in the UK. And she had a Harry Styles cardboard cutout for me. Um, and it was just this whole thing. But then, um, I was like, okay, I want to see him live. And the next show was his show in LA. It was the night his album came out. And I had a friend who helped me get on a list with the venue. It sold out. I couldn't buy a ticket. Um, and so again, connections, I got on the list with the venue, roll up to the venue, had like seats in a VIP area. Um, and I mean, I wasn't like super VIP, but it was like nice seats. Um, and had like an amazing night with my friend, got to see him play the album live for the first time ever. Um, and it was really fun. And it was my first time back in LA since I moved. So I was like, pretty, pretty grateful for that. And it was a whole full circle moment. And then two years, two days later, I come home and drive to DC because my friend is on Niles team and Louis Capaldi's team. And I love them both. And so I got to see them both. So it was, I got to meet Louis Capaldi, which was a whole thing, but um, yeah, somehow I became a directioner. And so I'm, I'm manifesting from my mouth to God's ears. I'm manifesting a spot on Harry's team because I know we'd be best friends forever. I actually could see you guys kind of working together because of being quirky and just, Oh yeah. Me cream. and Harold. Well, I mean, he does have a song called Carolina and it's about a girl from She's from South Carolina, but you know, we can say North Carolina and she moves to LA. So it's a whole thing. <laughs> we, could, 
<laughs> it could be me, Harry. It could be me. <laughs> so who would be your dream client besides Harry Styles? Because obviously you just uh, Harry Styles or Foo Fighters because they're also my favorite band. And I've infiltrated my way into their, into their world. And uh, I know some of the members now and they're great to me. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, I love, love working in music. I think it's so fun because I would see firsthand doing tour press for my clients and, and I would get the numbers, the sales numbers and see, okay, well, we're only at 10% sold and the, the show is in two weeks and then getting one to two press hits and a calendar listing and the show sells out. So I could see my direct impact on these things. Um, and then kind of like the science behind it or like math behind it, um, was really cool, but that, that was huge for me. And then helping somebody win a Grammy was amazing. And I mean, I just love music so much anyway. Um, and I know like an ungodly amount of random stuff. It doesn't even, doesn't even matter about like recording and producing and even just down to like, okay, here's what goes in a guitar. And like, here's, here's, amps and like you have this amp this is a pedal board you need to use and just weird musical stuff that no one cares about that I just do and I just love it it lights me up I'm music just makes me so happy so any kind of like huge artist I would love to kind of work with okay that's that's awesome it's gonna happen yep. I'm manifesting it you're really good about manifesting stuff. I will say that because I, I know. ask you questions about manifesting. My number one thing I tell people when they don't know how to manifest or they want to manifest, which, oh, God, I can talk about this forever. Um, do the 33 by three or 55 by five. So essentially you have a mantra and you're just say like that your mantra could be um, I am driving a Range Rover. I am driving a Range Rover. I am driving a Range Rover. And you write it 55 times or 33 times, whichever one you want to do, for three days straight or five days straight. And you just write it out, write it out, write it out, because it's getting in your brain. It's getting in your brain. Mm -hmm. um, and just also, like, there's just so many things you can do. There's so, there's so many things. Uh, and I just love it. Even just, like, writing out a list of, like, hey, here's what I want my dream house to be. Like, I did that the other night. And then you know, one day you'll go back and look and you're like, Oh my God, even if you forget about it, it's just getting it down and, and, and getting that in your subconscious. Yeah. I, I'm going to share a real quick story. My guest on Friday was Nikki Koziars and I had actually put her on my vision board to share a stage with her, not realizing it was my stage. And That's she, amazing. And she came on on Friday. So I was like, Oh my gosh, you know? So yeah. So it I mean, works, guys. It really works. It, it does. And I think people get freaked out because they're like, what is this witch stuff? It's not that. It's not that at all. I mean, like, it's literally like a prayer. You're just writing it out. And it's it's just this commitment to yourself and God or whatever. I mean, how is it any different than praying for something? It's not. Um, and there's so much science behind actually writing it out and seeing it. It's just like the vision board and just knowing it every single day. Like I, there's an exercise I do. I do this lady, Lacey Phillips, I, her, her work is called to be magnetic and I do all of her manifestation work, but, um, she helps you figure out what your authentic code is. And so my authentic code I have over here, um, on my whiteboard and my, my four are travel, wellness, being seen and luxury. And if, if an opportunity comes up and it's not these, then I'm not doing it. Um, if it doesn't light me up, I'm not doing it. If I'm kind of worried about something and on the fence, if it's not, if it doesn't check any of these, I'm not doing it. And so like, obviously travel, that's a given wellness. That's a given. This right now is being seen. This is helping me being seen. And I know that if I'm seen, I can help other people. So it doesn't come from like an ego place. It comes from a, I know I have a, something good to give. Um, and then luxury for me, that's not necessarily like super fancy things. That's more so the security of like, okay, I have the money to pay for this. Mm -hmm. I can, I can treat myself. Here's how I feel when I'm able to do that. So yeah, it's my authentic code. I love that. So Melinda, um, tell people where we can find you at. Um, so it's scrolling at the bottom, but it's, melindajacksonpr.com at melindajacksonpr um, all my personal stuff is Melinda Gale I try to separate it um, some people realize it's the same thing but some people don't so that's good but 
Um, yeah, G-A-L-E, so Melinda Gale. Um, you can expect a completely different content on that, but, <laughs> but it's fine. I'll get my reality show one day. So <laughs> I, if you get a reality show, I want to be on it. Yeah, girl. We'll come, we'll come to the blog cabin. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go to the sunflower field. <laughs> you were one of the people that actually wrote uh, something that's embedded in the walls of the blog. Yes. I remember that. I love that. It makes me happy. Yeah. So Melinda, thank you so much for joining. Thank us. you. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye, everyone. I love chatting with Melinda. She is such a hoot. I first met Melinda when we were on a blogging tour that she put together when she was working for her public relations company to Fateville. Yes, that Fateville trip that keeps bringing up so many connections. I love how she placed a huge importance on her own mental health and decided to work for herself because she knew that working for other people was not the best thing for her. And she's a success at it. She really knows what she's talking about. And remember, I have turned these chats in the blog cabin into not only this podcast, but Facebook Lives and even putting the interviews on YouTube. Plus, if you want to check out Instagram, check me out at Chats from the Blog Cabin. Thank you for being part of the Chats from the Blog Cabin podcast and family. And remember, don't forget to subscribe to the show and to leave a rating or review. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Be blessed and keep chatting. Hey, y'all. If you know me in real life, you know that what you see is what you get. I'm pretty authentic. But you'll also hear me say how much I love supporting worthwhile causes and people. I feel like support, that's basically where you put your money, is the most powerful tool that the Internet has to offer. And it gives you a voice to your dollars. The cool folks at Anchor have made a way for you to support your favorite podcasts, such as Chats from the Blog Cabin. If you're in the U.S., you can visit my podcast profile on desktop or mobile browser to give a little monetary support each month, whatever you can afford, basically. If you do want to donate, it will be greatly appreciated. So go to my page, Chats from the Blog Cabin. You can find my page at anchor.fm backslash Chats from the Blog Cabin. I'll do my best to pay it forward through content and giving back.